what Darwin didn't know about sex. We are not here concerned with hopes or fears, only with truth as far as our reason permits us to discover it. Charles Darwin, The Descent of Man A fig leaf can hear many things, but a human erection isn't one of them. The standard narrative of the origins and nature of human sexuality claims to explain the development of a deceitful, reluctant sort of sexual monogamy. According to this oft-told tale, heterosexual men and women are pawns in a proxy war directed by our opposed genetic agendas. The whole catastrophe, we are told, results from the basic biological designs of males and females. Darwin's brilliant work inadvertently lent an enduring scientific patina, rather patina, to what is essentially anti-erotic bias. Despite his genius, what Darwin didn't know about sex could fill volumes. This is one of them. On the Origins of Species was published in 1859 a time when little was known about human life before the classical era. Prehistory, the period we define as the 200,000 years or so, when anatomic, anatomically modern people lived without agriculture and writing, was a blank slate theorists could fill only with conjecture until Darwin and others began to loosen the link between religious doctrine and scientific truth. Guesses about the distant past were restricted by church teachings. The study of primates was in its infancy. Given the scientific data Darwin never saw, it's not surprising that this great thinker's blind spots can be as illuminating as his insights. For example, Darwin's ready acceptance of Thomas Hobbes's still famous characterization of prehistoric human life has been as having been solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. Left these mistaken assumptions embedded in present day theories of human sexuality. Asked to imagine prehistoric human sex, most of us conjure the hackneyed image of the caveman dragging a dazed woman by her hair with one hand, a club on the other. As we'll see, this image of prehistoric human life is mistaken in every one of her Hobbesian details. Similarly, 
Darwin incorporated Thomas Malthus's unsubstantiated theories about the distant past into his own theorizing, leading him to dramatic overestimations of early human suffering, and thus of the comparative superiority of Victorian life. These pivotal misunderstandings persist in many contemporary evolutionary scenarios. Though he certainly didn't originate this narrative of the interminable tango between Randy male and choosy female, Darwin beat the drum for its supposed quote-unquote naturalness and inevitability. He wrote passages like, quote, The female, with the rarest exception, is less eager than the male. She requires to be courted. She is coy and may often be seen endeavoring for a long time to escape the male. Unquote. While this female reticence is a key feature, feature in the mating systems of many mammals, it isn't particularly applicable to human beings, or for that matter, the primates most closely related to us. In light of the philandering he saw going on around him, Darwin wondered whether early humans might have been polygynists, one male mating with several females, writing, quote, judging from the social habits of man as he now exists, and from most savages being polygamists, the most probable view is that primeval man aboriginally lived in small communities, each with as many wives as he could support and obtain, whom he would have jealousy guarded against all other men. Emphasis added. Unquote. Evolutionary psychologist Steven Pinker appears to be, quote, judging from the social habits of man as he now exists, unquote, as well, though without Darwin's self-awareness, when he bluntly asserts, quote, in all societies, sex is at least somewhat dirty. It is conducted in private, pondered obsessively, regulated by custom and taboo, the subject of gossip and teasing, and a trigger for jealous rage. Unquote. We'll show that while sex is indeed regulated by custom and taboo, quote unquote, there are multiple exceptions to every other element of Pinker's overconfident declaration. Like all of us, Darwin incorporated his own personal experience, or its absence, into his assumptions about the nature of all human life. In The French Lieutenant's Woman, John Fowles gives a sense of sexual hypocrisy that characterized Darwin's world. 19th century England, writes, writes Fowles, was, quote, an age where women were sacred, where you could buy a 13-year-old girl for a few pounds, a few shillings, if you wanted her for only an hour or two. 
where the female body had never been so hidden from view, and where every sculptor was judged by his ability to carve naked women, where it was universally maintained that women do not have orgasms, yet every prostitute was taught to simulate them. Unquote. 